Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Mackey, a.k.a. J-Mac, and Jordan Lopez. On today's episode, for the post-game show after week one of the regular season, Broncos football is officially back. And unfortunately, Broncos football did not return in the fashion that we would have liked to see it return. Um, the Broncos fall to 0-1 against the Las Vegas Raiders, um, a game that we definitely thought the Broncos would have locked in and would win this game. But unfortunately, they dropped this one 17-16 and fall to 0-1 on the season. Um, the offense looked really uh, solid throughout the game. Um, you know, Defense had its sputters. Um, kicking troubles, lots of stuff to go over on today, uh, today's episode. Just like we did the last few, uh, three weeks and during the preseason, we always go over the good and then we always go over the bad. But uh, just before we go ahead and jump into all that, Jay Matt Jordan, how are you guys doing? How was it uh, watching um, the NFL and uh, NFL Red Zone, um, and then watching this Broncos game today? Um, just, I mean, I'm glad football's back. Obviously, my team didn't win, so it was kind of bittersweet. But I mean, yeah. overall, I was just glad to see football back. It just I always forget how much better the NFL is in the NBA until football actually comes back. And I'm like, thank God football is back. Like, just thank God football is back. Yeah, I mean, even as a basketball guy. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I would tell you football is a hundred times better than basketball at this point, but I uh, know I'm doing good. I mean, I, you're going to have your overreactions about the games and stuff like that. It's a bit sweeter uh, since the uh, Dolphins uh, beat the Chargers. So there's only one AFC team, the uh, AFC West team I got to win, but I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. Yeah. AFC West definitely having his question marks right now, but um, unfortunately the Broncos, uh, they're one or not one to know, but they're at the top of the division this morning. And unfortunately is not that way anymore, but um, let's go ahead and just talk about the good from today's game. What are some of the good things uh, that you guys took away from uh, this game um, on either of the offense or defensive side of the ball? 
Well, for starters, for me, um, starting on the offensive side of the ball, I really liked how we came out kind of with, a, you know, aggression. I liked what I saw. I liked how Sean Payton kind of chewed the clock a little bit, let Russ take his time, get back into the flow of the new offense, and just – I just liked how it looked overall. You saw some runs. You saw some passes. Russ was getting the ball out quick. He looked sharp. The first throw I think he made when he rolled out and hit, was it Brandon Johnson? I think it was the first throw, and it was like two crossers, and Brandon Johnson was a deep crosser. Was that his I first – I think it was Brandon Johnson. I could, I could be wrong. Uh, he was he connected with eight different receivers in the first half, yeah, so I, I don't blame you for not knowing who it was. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I think it was Brandon Johnson, though, but he looked really sharp on a lot of his throws, the touchdown throw especially. I mean, that's what I really liked, just the start of it. And just throughout the game, period, I think Russ played really well. It was You could see the difference between him and last year, and one thing that stood out was the, kind of the throws in the middle of the field. I wasn't expecting to see too much of those, but when he did have to throw them, he looked sharp. Like, he looked really better than he did last season. And some moments of his career, too, um, start off in the first half, I think he was 17 for 19. I think it was 125 and the touchdown or something like that. I mean, he looked really great just in general, just compared to last year. The offense moved really better than it did last year. Um, on the defense side of the ball, I really do. I, I loved how he looked in the run game. The run game was just beautiful. Like, Josh Jacobs didn't really get too much on 20 carries. He only had, uh, I think, was it 48 yards. Now, for Bronco fans who don't know, Josh Jacobs is the Bronco killer. And the holding the 48, um, the 48 yards is it's absolutely beautiful. Shout out mm -hmm. to Alex Singleton and all those guys over there. They balled out. Yeah, we even highlighted uh, Mike Purcell and DJ Jones. I thought they did a great job just consuming a lot of space, letting the linebackers really, you know, get down and, you know, fill in the gaps on the in, in the rushing game. I think another positive I would take away would be obviously Pastor Tan. I think he had a, I think he had a great game. Besides that one uh, bad uh, PI call that got called on him, that was a bit soft. But he had three PBUs, and I think me and Amir, I think we projected to, to get at least a few. So I'm um, yeah. glad that, that happened. So yeah, Patrick Sertan obviously uh, doing getting. I think in my opinion, getting the better of Devonte Adams. Uh, the Raiders did do a good job in trying to get Devonte Adams against some of our other corners, and that's when he really exceeded. But, again, Pastor Tan is uh, on the good side of the Broncos for this game. Yeah, he, he took round three, in my opinion. I only Raiders fans would probably tell you otherwise, but they don't realize that. Uh, it was like a lot of plays where they were figuring out ways that they, they could get Devontae lined up with Damari Mathis and not PS2. Um, they were trying to, you know, exploit those matchups uh, yeah. and target uh, Mathis often. And I think Math, uh, excuse me, PS2 definitely took round three against Devontae, in my opinion, especially if you, you know, break it down on the film. Um, but, yeah, Russ absolutely cooking today. 14 straight completions in that first half. If you don't count the spike it would have been 15 i mean he was just balling out in the first half like i said earlier he had uh completions to eight different receivers in that first half um yep. i thought the red zone efficiency was really really uh amazing in that first half obviously there wasn't a lot of trips to the red zone in this game just because it was like very long long drive like very long extended drives in this game so it was like you didn't really have a chance to like a lot of chances to really score points i felt like and it was kind of the there's like we had multiple drives of 10 plus plays like it was one of those things where if you're getting in the end zone, you have to be efficient. And the Broncos did that pretty well. There was only the one um, the one drive where it actually resulted in a field goal rather than a touchdown. But um, unfortunately, the Broncos aren't able, weren't able to come away uh, with the victory. Um, but I thought, like J-Mac mentioned, our running back duo, very, very good. Um, I thought Samaje Piran Javante looked impossible to tackle at times. Um, they yeah. were just running downhill super hard. Javante, my God. 
the fact that this dude is all coming off a, li- a multi-ligament to- uh, tear and he's out there looking exactly like how he did in 2021, it's ridiculous. L- literally bouncing off guys, doing spin moves, literally this contact balance is ridiculous. But Samaje Piran, man, he looked like the best uh, running back out there. And maybe like besides Russ, I thought he looked like the best player out there today. He looked really, really good. He had eight carries, 41 yards, three catches, 37 yards, that big reception that helped us, uh, you know, lead that, uh, you know, drive to scoring points and i thought both of those guys not only in the run game pass game but they looked so damn good at pass protection there was a play where i saw javante like literally put one of their linebackers like straight on their tail like he both him and samaje piran excellent pass pro um i think this running back duo with javante once he's like a hundred and like 20 percent or if he can get possibly even more comfortable with his knee i think they're going to be like combining for like minimum i don't know 125 yards like on a weekly yeah i mean javante he i i still don't know how he did it i still do I, I don't know how he's out there right now i don't know how he's out there breaking tackles and just healthy i mean we think about this kind of it's just it's really crazy but uh, another thing i do want to point out that was good especially on the offense side of the ball was Corlin sudden i i mean he four catches 30 yards and a touchdown but to me he looks good he looked faster than he has in the last couple of seasons i liked how he looked in his routes i liked how he looked on that touchdown play too but it was good to see him kind of back to where kind of like where he was when we drafted him he just he looked mm-hmm. different out there I would agree with that on some terms. Uh, I'll get to that later. Um, I just thought, you know, we needed to really uh, someone in the receiving game to really just break out. I think mm-hmm. and having 32 yards, he just didn't do it, of course. But um, but besides that, mm-hmm. I would even uh, mention to your point, Amir, about Russ. Uh, I think he had, like, the highest uh, completion percentage of the first half since, like, Jake Plummer in 2003, which was, like, 89%. So that just tells you how things were clicking with him and Sean Payton. And I know a lot of people out there were skeptical about how it would go week one. In my opinion, throughout the whole duration of the game, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah, I was getting so hype and ecstatic about how like how fast he was getting the ball out because that was the number one issue, right? The beginning of camp and last year was holding on to the ball way too long. Like he was the most sacked quarterback last year. I think last year was actually his most sacked you know season of his entire career, and it was not only because the offensive line was terrible towards the second half of the season, which is definitely true, but he was holding on to the ball way too much. And it's like when you're holding on to the ball for three plus seconds, like you got to be you got to realize that when you get the ball out quicker, you're going to you know take a lot less hits. And I thought he did that really, really well today. Um, I thought, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think there was only like two sacks today, maybe three. And like, those were like, I don't think really, really bad reps. Um, I know Max Crosby was definitely getting the better of uh, Mike McGlinchey on a few plays as well. But yeah, I thought uh, Russell Wilson did an excellent job getting the ball out quickly today. And I know for a lot of the, the box watchers out there, oh, 177 yards, it's not going to win us a game. That's not the... 245 million quarterback we made for he played a really really good game today in my opinion i don't think the offense lost his game today i feel like they did well well than enough for us to win this game by one position one possession at least yeah yeah i would have to agree with that the offense really they only punted twice and if you go back to last season we were punting twice four minutes into the game i mean that's what i really like to see the offense didn't lose us his game one bit and back, like like what you said, Russell Wilson, man, you got to watch the game, man. Russell Wilson, he played, he played. That was some of the best football I've seen from Russ. Like that was, that to me, this was definitely probably probably his best game with the Broncos. You could probably put it up there, but I I think just in my opinion, what I saw out of him, completion, like 
percentage-wise, everything passer rate and everything like that, just accuracy, efficiency, this was probably the best game I've seen from Russ. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Russ uh, played a pretty good job. I know everyone's going to be looking at the box score and, you know, kind of judge them by that. But uh, people just watching the game would understand. Uh, I mean, they converted 22 first downs, uh, total first downs as well. So, I mean, I think they did enough on the offensive side of the ball. Again, they were chewing clock a bit and really getting uh, time of possession, which we talked about for our keys to victory. But besides that, in my opinion, I think I thought Russ was fine. I thought he did enough to win us the game. I think it was the defense that really uh, let us down today. Yeah, and I thought you could easily like tell the impact that Sean Payton was having like on the the, the schematic part of the offense because there's a lot of plays where like you would see Ryan like literally run out run out the boot like right as the snap goes like there was a lot of like plays by design to get Russ out of the pocket extend plays and um you know because it, it, it seems like Russ is just always like super super damn good when he's rolling to his left or right like you see it all the time I think there was like one negative play today where he rolled out to his left and tried fitting a pass to Brandon Johnson for the touchdown and. Uh, uh, Divine Diablo uh, got a, a hand on it, so um, so yeah. I think there was a, a lot of plays that were like encouraging based off the schematic part of the offense. Like there's a lot of uh, you know extensive plays, him getting out of the pocket. That's just where Russ is more comfortable. So if they can just be a little bit more uh, explosive with that. I feel like that'll take like more pressure off the defense if that makes sense. Cause how many like games do you think this season are the defense gonna be able to like handle like always be I don't know if it makes too much sense. It at the same time, it does help out the defense because you are taking more time of possession. But at the same time, like you're having this really, really long drives. So that means that there's more risk for your defense if they're like having only three drives, drives where they can only prevent touchdowns and they give up one. That's like it's already, you know, putting yourself at risk of you know, losing the game. I don't know if that makes sense, but like it's kind of one of those things where it's like one pro and one con, like kind of bounce out of each other. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I that I did see was that kind of stood out to me was last year in certain, certain situations, you would see a lot of more run plays from this team. Like the second in mids or the second in shorts. I mean, I'm sorry, second in longs. You would see a lot of run plays just it was just predictable to where third down will come and the defense knows, okay, they're going to throw the ball. They have to it's third and seven or regardless, they ran it twice and then they're going to throw the ball. This time it was, what I saw today was completely different. You saw a lot more aggressive pass plays. You didn't. You saw run run situations more on first down and third down instead of just back to back. You didn't really see too much of that. I I loved it because it's it's not predictable. And for the last few seasons in Denver, the offense has just been completely predictable. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like one of those overreacting type of guys like on social media and stuff where they're always overreacting about the offense or the defense. I thought Russ looked good. I thought the offense looked good. Uh, the ball was coming out of, out of his hands pretty fast. And, like His arm looked alive. So I'm not too worried right now. It's only week one. It's the first game. These division games are always close, no matter if you're a home or away. So I'm not really worried about the Broncos. But, yeah, I would not be one of those overreaction guys uh, <laughs> today. So. Yeah, um, I thought one of, one of my last positives that I wanted to bring up was I thought uh, Ben Powers and Garrett Bowles looked really, really good in uh, pass protection. Mm-hmm. I know it's one thing we've been we've been a little bit concerned about. I thought they really held their own today, and that wasn't like a um, you know an issue at all, really. Um, and I think they uh, they deserve credit for that because they were getting a lot of heat in the preseason, and they bounced back against a really tough uh, Raiders D line. Yeah, um, the left side was pretty good. I mean, I can't really have any complaints. Ben Powers, he he stepped up. Garrett Bowles stepped up. And 
like I said, it's no complaints. I mean, in the preseason, a lot of people was harsh on them, including me. I was one of the people that was harsh on both of them in pass protection. But today they came to play. I would even put Quinn Miners in that mix, too. I thought he had a good game as well. I thought he, he held his own uh, uh, at the right guard position. His run blocking was so damn good. My goodness. Yeah. I was yeah, watching him run people over. Yeah, yeah. His Him and Ben Powers in the run blocking is just – it's ridiculous. Like, they just – Cheat code. They just trample people like, like, <laughs> like all the, like they just straight run over people and Javante's right there with them, just running over everybody. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah, that's like it's so fun having guards that like have that same kind of like play style. Like you could probably give a handoff to Ben Powers and he would probably start doing Javante type stuff. <laughs> honestly, it's it's kind of having uh, it's kind of fun having those same uh, play styles with those guys. So now that we got the good out of the way. The Broncos lost this game, so there is going to be a lot of uh, negative and bad to talk about. I would like to always preface this by saying this is not us beating up on any of the players or anything. This is always going to be a very honest podcast. We're always going to just you know give it straight up, we, like tell you how we see it. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, so if you guys, uh, you think this is uh, you know. If you guys are maybe I don't want to say if you guys are too soft or anything, but like we're gonna be very honest in this segment if we're you know being totally honest. But there's not gonna be any like super negative like overreactions, just like Jordan said. So let's go ahead and talk about the bad. I want to start off by saying Will Lutz. I'm not sure if we should have made this trade. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I said it in our uh, podcast the other day. I was trying to be optimistic about it. But giving up a seventh, which I know I'm still not mad that it was a seventh. If it was a six, I would actually be really mad right now in the pod. But it was just a seventh. You know, it was kind of a, a you know low draft pick. You always throwing darts in that round. But Brad Maher would not have mixed that, missed that extra point. And 55, uh, that 55 yarder, he would have uh, at least like hit the crossbar. I mean, I. I was huge. You guys know, especially Jordan on predominantly orange. I wrote that article for Brett Maher advocating for him. Yeah. I said he was an instant upgrade over Brandon McManus. And we end up releasing him and trading for Will Lutz, who literally had the same stats, actually worse than Brandon McManus had last year. So I said it here on the pod, and it's happening in the regular season. But Sean Payne did say in his press conference, um, he does hope he bounce, uh, bounces back. I'm hoping he bounces back too. Yeah, I'm I'm a man to admit I was wrong, and I was one of the people that was very happy for Will Lutz to come here. And it's, it's just one game, so I won't, you know, beat him yeah. up too much. But, I mean, extra point, like, kick, kicking is easier in Denver. Like, I'm going to just say that. So, 55-yarder is not really a 55-yarder, and an extra point is, like, y'all get it. I mean, yeah. it's just very – it's, like, it's another case of just beating yourself – you know the offense put up should have put up more points than we should have, um, but the field goals and the, the missed field goal, miss PAT, you got to make those. Those are easy. You, the offense gets in position for it, and like it, it, it somewhat affects the morale of the team when your kicker misses an extra point. You go down the field for that long touchdown drive. You chew up basically the whole quarter, and it's like you're still down at the end of it. You get what I'm saying? So it's just a big like. It's a big morale downer. And in the 55-yard the field goal, it's just like a come on, man. Like, you missed your first two kicks. This isn't the preseason. This isn't camp. Like, this is where it's going to hurt us. And it did end up, you know, come back to bite us. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not pushing the panic button right now. I mean, again, he did have a bad game. He owned up to it in the locker room. Uh, he was talking to Mike Cliss about it. But I'm not pushing the panic button just yet. Just obviously if he keeps on stacking these days like how he did, against the Raiders, then it's going to be something to worry about. Yeah, this is um, 
Broncos lost by one point. He misses the extra point and a field goal. That's four points right now. So the Broncos should have won by a field goal today. Um, but because of those missed kicks, the Broncos lose. So this is it's kind of like crazy and ironic that we were talking about. And I know J Mac was mentioning on the show as well during the offseason, like Sometimes the kicker might not be the most important position. At the same time, it, it kind of is because, like, when you're losing games by a few points and your kicker's missing these kicks, that really could be like game, you know, losses by inches. I mean, it's yep. it really comes down to like the you know the last uh, few points all the time, especially against the Raiders. We talked about it last a lot in our last episode. It's always like a few point like games between uh, us and the Raiders, especially the last three years. Even though it's been a seven game losing streak. It's always coming down to the nail, no, no matter who's on either side of the ball. So um, would have been probably more beneficial to have Maher out there who had a lot more experience kicking the mile high uh, this offseason than Will Lutz. But I'm expecting him to bounce back uh, and get better um, as the season goes on. Um, you know, like Jordan said, I'm not going to hit the panic button because oh, what can we do now? We're literally stuck with him for the rest of the year. So it's like I can't be sitting here, you know, whining about the fact that we made that trade. I'm, I'm just like simply bringing up, you know, the fact that we did let go of my hair um, and, you know, trade for Will Lutz. But, you know, for the future purposes, we are, you know, uh, with Will Lutz for the rest of the season. So we can't do too much complaining about that. But uh, definitely you have to involve uh, include Will Lutz and some of the bad takeaways. Another one um, I know you guys are going to want to talk about a lot is Damari Mathis, who struggled so much in his his uh, season debut in uh, year two. Um it's another one of those where he got his first start last year and you had a bunch of DPI calls. Some of them were uh, a bit questionable, but today, I mean, all of them were, I can't even argue with any of the calls the the refs made. I think he had one or two DPIs. Um, he just looked really bad in coverage and they're sh showing some replays and he was just getting routed by Devonte Adams. It was a clear mismatch. The uh, Josh McDaniels and their offense were doing anything they could to get Devonte away from PS2. Um, and they really took advantage of that. And, Damari Mathis, you're going to have bad games at corner. It's the, the second hardest position to play in the sport. So, I mean, I'm not too surprised, but I've always had this little like kind of concern with him with his consistency because Damari Mathis could be shut down one week and the next week he's having a game like this. So it's going to be a while before I consider Damari Mathis like an elite corner in this league. Well, for me, um, I will say I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but I'm kind of in a panic mode. I was already in a panic mode going into the season with the corner position. You know, I thought we were kind of lacking a little bit, especially with Kawan Williams getting hurt and Riley Moss being hurt. But now I'm definitely on a panic button because the thing is today, like Amir, Amir said it best, like they were doing everything they can not to go to PS2. And they went straight after Damari Mathis right out the gate. And when they realized it was that Jacoby Myers had his number, they kept giving him the ball. And in certain situations where he did guard Devontae Adams, like you said, it was just a clear mismatch. It wasn't even it wasn't even a chance. Like it, it was pretty bad. Um Damari Mathis, man, I don't I don't really know. Like it's like you said, he's very inconsistent. But I think after a game like today, it's gonna be it's hard for any corner to bounce back after something like this. To get beat consistently rep after rep for the team to target you rep after rep, no matter who's on you, no matter what and you're getting penalties, I mean, it's hard. I mean, some coaches realistically just would bench you. Um, and I was surprised – I mean, I wasn't surprised they didn't do – they didn't – you know, that they didn't bench them because we didn't really have nobody else. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's very – I don't know. I'm hitting the panic button at the corner position because 
if he's the corner is the type of position where if you're the weakest link, you can break down the whole defense. And you saw that today. That's what the Raiders did. They couldn't run the ball. Devontae was struggling, but they always knew, well, Jacoby's going to be open. And that just kept happening over and over again. And if you're going to go against teams like the Commanders, the Chiefs, the Jets, like got the Bills, Vikings that have high-powered offenses, or I should say just great, like good receiver groups, what do you think is going to happen? They don't have to throw the Sartan. They're going to keep targeting you. So right now I am hitting the panic button on that aspect of the team in the secondary, especially the corner spot, because I don't know, man, because our schedule is going to be brutal. And if we don't have – and we, we have somebody like that in the backfield. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just giving up catch after catch. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I am a bit worried about Damari Mathis. I mean, especially since you know an offense is going to target you because it just came out right now that uh, Pastor Tan only allowed two receptions for 11 yards on five targets to Devontae Ooh, Adams. Wee. You know, Damn, best corner in the league. So you know that they're not going to throw him the ball his way. I mean, especially after having three PPUs. So Jacoby Myers having a day on Damari Mathis was not good at all. And the reason why I'm worried is because as I was watching – after the Broncos game, after I was watching, I was the, the Chargers-Dolphins game and the Chargers absolutely just handing the game away to the Dolphins and how the and how they were playing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, in week three, when we traveled to Miami, that might be a big problem because oh there will be um, – you have to guard them a certain way. And obviously the Chargers yeah. are in the Charger and they did not know how to guard them at all, giving them as much space as possible. And, uh, yeah, with Damari Mathis, it's going to be looking uh, quite scary. Not only against the Dolphins, but against the Commanders, too, because the Commanders have a, a good uh, receiver core. Yeah. McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, God. So oh, God. whether it's Damari Mathis going to have to step up or they had him in a zone coverage or Riley Moss coming back sooner, uh, we do need help on that side of, on that side of defense. That's what makes that Waddle Hill duo so special and the best in the league, in my opinion, is because you can try to play zone, but they're going to kill you underneath. They have the speed and the, the short area quickness to, you know, shake you to the outside or take you inside as well. And then if you try to man up on them, Tyreek Hill is going to beat you over the top. Like, it's crazy. I think the safeties as well are going to have to play their their damn tails off in that game. And that game's coming very soon, like you mentioned. And Broncos got to find figure something out because another reason – uh, another reason I'm kind of like super like dumbfounded by is why in the hell was Jaquan McMillan uh, inactive? Ooh. This made no sense at all. He's a really good corner. He balled out this offseason. He had a better offseason than Demar Mathis. I hate to say it, but I was watching Judy Cook Mathis in, the, in training camp. Absolutely routing him up. 
And Jaquan McMillan, bro, Jaquan McMillan was balling out. And for whatever reason, our cornerback three was literally an inactive today. I don't know if there's some like unknown thing behind the scenes going on, but this made absolutely no sense. You literally had Tremont Smith and Fabian Moreau active over him. Like it, it didn't really make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, just one point I want to bring up. If we go into Miami, because the game is in Miami, right? Or is it in Denver? It's in Miami, right? Yeah, it's in Miami. Miami. If we go into Miami, running that same defense we did today, we're getting blown out. Like I, I'm just gonna keep. We're we're not winning because against them, you gotta you have to run certain type of defense, and if you have one weak link, they're gonna target you. And um, prayers go to Caden Stearns. He's out too. So yeah, that I don't know so. which I don't know about the injury, but if he can't play week three, then we're down to even another good db i'm i'm really worried like this is this is huge because i was not expecting damari mathis to for it to be this bad like you know it was bad today like it was really bad today i was not expecting any one of our corners to for it to be this bad and it came against the raiders and i don't want jacoby myers a good receiver but still like jacoby myers it's it's kind of crazy so i don't know if denver needs to go i mean jaquan mcmillan would have been better at this, like, I'm glad you brought him up. I don't know why he was a, a scratch today. I thought if anybody's a scratch, it's going to be Tremont Smith or even Fabian Moreau. I didn't think Jaquan McMillan was going to be a scratch at all today. But I think next game he won't be. But I, at this point, yeah. in a, everybody go check out Amir's article. I think that was Amir who wrote the article about Bryce Callahan or Denver possibly maybe need to add another corner. Well, that's a real possibility because this right here, we have no shot of beating any just legit team right now it would like that we're not going to be able to beat them yeah i mean and just a one more thing on that week three game i mean tyreek and jay the water are so quarterback friendly because even in that chargers game the corners are playing 10 yards deep because they don't want to get beat over the top (laughs) they're heading under and then when they press them tyreek blew past the guy had like 10 yards of separation all two had to do was a lot bit down there like how he usually does. So it's not going to be a quarterback-type problem for the Broncos of Week 3. It's going to be a wide receiver-type problem. And we already know if we can't get pressure on the quarterback like how we did today, yeah, especially against someone small like Tua, and plus the receivers like uh, Tua, uh, like Tyreek and Waddle, I mean, it, it will be a rough day for that for that day in, uh, on Week 3. Yeah, that game's literally going to come down to who can make more big plays, and I'm not sure our offense can keep up with that. If I'm being completely honest, like that Dolphins it's, it's, passing offense is stupid good. I don't uh, think there's another offense in the league that could, honestly. I, I, I'm, I don't think there's another offense that can keep up with that. I mean, you've seen the Chargers kind of do it today, but I don't they're, – they're too – Tyreek Hill, like the game today he had, like – He's it's it's ridiculous. Like Tyreek, he's cooking. He's he cooked J.C. Jackson all game. He cooked everybody all game long. I've been saying though that charger besides Derwin James, that charger secondary is so overrated. I I don't get the hype. I mean, yeah, because Asante, I don't even know if he played today. Did he? It looked like no one was playing. Yeah, it looked like I ain't gonna lie. They (laughs) know the Dolphins. I watched that game because I have two. I was watching the Broncos game and then red zone. Every time they cut to the game, I just seen Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill running across the field for 30, 40 yards. Just absolutely ridiculous. And the thing is, ridiculous. And the thing is, there was a lot of turnover worthy plays too out there, and the DBs were just absolutely lost. Just nowhere to be found. Michael Davis, J.C. Jackson, and Asante Samuel. My God, my boys boys got cooked today. Well, we'll get into them later. (laughs)
Uh, another another bad area I want to talk about. I actually thought this is the worst part of our defense today was the pass rush. Yep. Literally just really, really, really ineffective, getting no pressure. I'm not even sure I saw like one pressure today uh, on Jimmy G. To, like that's actually crazy. I think maybe I saw one, but like besides that, nothing. Jonathan Harris, not a good game. Um, and several other players in this team. Jonathan Cooper did get manhandled by Colton Miller. I'll be 100% honest about that. They're just like not any pressure today. Um, that Raiders O line definitely looks uh, pretty legit, or our pass rush just looks really, really bad. Maybe both. Um, yeah, I, today was bad, and that's that's the reason why I said I, I really originally didn't have Jonathan Harris make my fifty-three man roster. Um, there was nothing today at all that showed any promise on the pass rush. It was just bad. Nothing really. It was he, Jimmy G. It's not even that he had all day to he. It was place he had all day to throw. Had running lanes. Jimmy G. Having running lanes is crazy. You think he back in San Francisco? I mean, it was really. I was shocked on how little it was. And what made me like what made me mad is just Randy Gregory, man. Why are you talking to Josh Jacobs after every single play? You're not getting no any pressure. Like I'm just being honest. Why are you talking? You're not getting any pressure. Frank Clark. Jumping offside, I mean, I was just – Jonathan Cooper, I wasn't too much surprised. He's going up against Colton Miller. Like, Colton yeah. Miller should be, you know, handling him. But everybody else, man, I mean, come on. Like, we looked like we were just – guys were just – I don't even know. Zach Allen was – he had one good play today. Randy Gregory, I don't even – like I said I, in, in one of the previous episodes, Randy Gregory might get moved at the trade deadline if he's healthy or not. Because the way his contract – we should have got Vaughn back – or overpay Chandler Jones at this point because our pass rush is just – it's nothing. It's nothing. I personally like the trash talk from Gregory. I, I think he was getting in his head, and I personally liked it a lot. I was I was getting hyped up about that. I think you need a guy like that on the defensive line. And I thought they 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 deserve to talk their trash when they're closing the run gaps that well. Yeah, yeah but it's like, yeah, you're doing that, but what, what – your job – like, I don't want to say your job, but, like, you're supposed to be getting to the quarterback. And I understand the game plan was trying to get Jimmy G to get the ball out quick, but like you're not, you're you're generating no no pressure on your side, nothing. Like to point, nobody was really generating any pressure. It was just bad, man. Like it was it was really bad today. I don't know what you can really do at this point. Maybe you can try to move around some lineups, get some get some other guys in there, uh, some backups, and rotate them out, and maybe that'll work. But it was just really non-existent today. And if, if it's non-existent against the Raiders, then I don't know. So, like, to the pass rushing point, Randy Gregory, in my opinion, was non-existent out there. Uh, Zach Allen was a bit more active in that department. Um, according yeah. to NFL Next Gen Stats with the defensive pass rush, he was actually the closest one to Jimmy Garoppolo out of our whole um, pass rushing unit. He was uh, on average around 3.78 yards, according to that. And the league average is, like, four. So, he was the only one getting credit for any type of pressure. I mean, our second most guy was Frank Clark at four, and then John, uh, Jonathan Harris and DJ Jones at five. Oh so God. there was no pressure whatsoever, not even near him. And, uh, yeah, Randy Gregory, I was very, very surprised on uh, – I don't want to say how bad he played, but just it was disappointing to see, to see that performance go out there. I thought he was going to have a better game, especially that now, week one, he's at his most healthy right now. So you expect a little bit more. But, um, yeah, he needs to have a big uh, bounce-back game. Uh, and he's – 
Yeah, and real quick, um, he's going. He's not even going up against Colton Miller. He's lined up on the other side. And we talked about that being a matchup that he could low-key exploit because the right tackle, I think you said today was like his, his I don't want to say his first career start, but it's like he, you, were, you were surprised he won the starting job. Yeah, Jermaine Illuminor. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm I'm lost. I'm I'm lost for words on Randy Gregory. Another uh and it seems like as we're going through these negative takeaways, literally everything's on the defense. So I think this pretty much, yeah, this solidifies that this defense lost us the game. It's crazy to say that. You tell a 2022 Broncos fan that and they would be <laughs> laughing at you, but uh, that's it's kind of crazy. The Broncos offense did enough to win the game today. But one last player I want to talk about today is Kareem Jackson. He had a very crucial penalty. Prayers up to Jacoby Myers. Um, they, that, that was a dirty hit. I'm not even gonna lie to you. That was a dirty hit. Should not have lowered his helmet, hit him directly in the helmet like that. Uh, that penalty costed us. Um, then he had bad tackling, missed a few tackles. I thought he looked way too uh, inconsistent at times in coverage, poor coverage on a few plays, just getting, uh, you know, kind of not really giving uh, Damari Mathis much help than I would have liked to see him given. Um, we talked a lot about it, especially me and J-Mac this offseason, about should the Broncos bring back uh, um, Kareem Jackson. Then once we did bring him back, we you know debated a lot about should he be starting. Um, then today he was starting uh, on the first drive, and then they threw in uh, you know Caden Stearns, and unfortunately he goes down with that non-contact knee injury. Prayers, uh, like, uh, like you said, prayers to Caden Stearns. I'm a huge fan of him, and we've had him here on the pod. Um, and then also prayers to Greg Dulcich, who had suffered yeah. that leg injury. I'm hoping uh, – I'm. You know, it's not looking great for Caden Stearns, I can't lie, but I'm hoping both of these guys, this isn't nothing uh, long-term because those are two, uh, you know, very, very legitimate starters on our team. But um, going back to Kareem Jackson, I wasn't too pleased with his performance at all. I mean, I feel like Kareem did enough what he could. I didn't feel like he did anything that lost us. I mean, the penalty was bad, don't get it wrong, but I, I don't think it was – I think he was trying to make a play. I mean, I've seen Kareem make that hit so many times. He was trying to prevent the first down. I don't think he meant to go yeah. helmet to helmet. I mean, because at that point, if he – the tackle was a good tackle for him. If he doesn't get the first down, we get the ball back. So it's kind of like – I know what he was trying to do. It just – he it, it just ended up being helmet to helmet. I don't want to say that he meant to do it, it – it looked dirty, but I don't think he had any intention of doing that to him. But um, Kareem, I'm not really too worried about him. I feel like he he didn't play the best game. I mean, yeah, it was some plays where he could have given Demar Mathis more help. But then again, it's the the way that works is I'm pretty sure he wasn't expecting Demar just to get beat like the way he was getting beat in some places. I think he had his eyes in other directions. But I think overall, I don't think Kareem's gonna be that like much of a problem for us. I think he's gonna be benefit us a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we do have him. You know, Caden Stearns went down and everything. I'm glad he's still on the team. I'm glad we did bring him back. I still am. Um, but, yeah, just – I don't know, man. Uh, Kareem, for me, he's not, like, on my bad list per se on, like, performances. I mean, with that hit, the receiver gave himself up like that. So, that was just unfortunate. Yeah. Like him going down like that and then him trying to make a hit like that. I mean, I, there was nothing else uh, Kareem Jackson could have done, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was just unfortunate as it can come. Yeah. Um, I would say I would bring up a negative uh, before uh, Amir, you can go, but I would say uh, not enough separation in the wide receiver room, just not people getting open out. I, I, the explosiveness wasn't there from any of our guys, even though I did like Brandon Johnson a bit uh, towards the first half, he did pretty well. But in terms of actually getting separation and, and having explosive plays, I mean, Adam Trotman was. I think he's second in the the whole league today 
uh, with separation for yards. And then our next receiver is Corlett Sutton, and he's the 43rd uh, receiver <laughs> today God. with an average of separate yards, uh, separation, I meant. So at 2.7. So it, I'm, Jerry Judy is much uh, – he was missed a lot this game. Uh, you can tell we needed those uh, deep overs and stuff for those big 30, 40-yard gains. But, yeah, I wasn't too fond of our receiving core uh, today. Yeah, how about uh, Trotman's route running, though? I thought there was a one play where he just completely shook the linebacker. That was really cool. He's I think he's, he's – yeah, he's such an underrated receiver. I think a lot – he gets way too much hate, especially by Saints fans. But, um, yeah, the, there was not enough explosiveness, explosive, explosiveness today in the receiving room. Um, you saw it in Russ's stat total. Um, it was a, it was one of those off. I think they came into a game plan today where they wanted to kind of you know break down this defense, tire them, you know, kill them with yeah. you know long uh, tenure drives. And they had you know a few drives that were like fifteen plays. Like they really wanted to break down their their defense uh, and you know um, you know fatigue them throughout the game but unfortunately they weren't able to get you know any of those big uh big plays on offense and you know like i said earlier in the episode i don't know if that's going to really work over the course of the season i feel like for Russi, you know get back to really how he really was i think we're going to still need to see some of those deep balls that he had in seattle i would like to see a little bit more of those uh, sprinkled in the offense but uh like i said you know none this loss doesn't fall on him at all um even the drive that we punted i, I don't really even put him that on him he did throw that a little low to Cortland sutton but um overall he played a really good game uh but you do you do bring up a point with the lack of separation in the receiver room um i know uh, a lot of people have mentioned at broncos country i think there's just a lack of talent in this receiver Room, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I was just getting ready to get into that. I, I mean, I, I feel like the play calling was good. It, it was. was. It, it was good enough for the talent we had out there. People, man, KJ is not – we were supposed to go into the season with Marvin Mims, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, and Jerry Judy. Those are five solid targets. And today we only had Corlin Sutton and Marvin Mims that was, you know, supposed to be – I mean, everybody else is hurt, not on the team or, you know, just it's, – it's so unfortunate. So the guys we rolled out there today is just – I mean, they did they did enough of what they could. Sean Payton dotted up to the best that he could, and Dolchik went down. I mean, but it, it was just – I think Sean Payton did enough for what the talent we had. But Amir's right. We lack talent, and it's just it, – it's unfortunate because we shouldn't lack any talent. Just the injuries, man. That's pretty much it. We just – I don't think Sean Payton expected this to be the receiving core for our week one game. I don't think anybody did, and it, it's just really unfortunate. But um, another negative point that I want to bring up was Lloyd Cushenberry. I don't – first half of the game, I don't – if you guys actually watched the game, it was placed throughout the game, Lloyd Cushenberry just looked pathetic. I mean, I, I'm going to just be honest. It was the – I think it was the one of the goal line plays. He just simply got ran over. He hiked the ball, sat up, and just got completely manhandled. And good gosh, shot up the gap. It was a one-screen play he had where he hiked the ball and – He's supposed to motion out to get, you know, be one of the lead blockers. And he just, he simply just couldn't get there. He didn't get there in time. And I know it was man coverage, but he just, he couldn't get there in time like he was supposed to. And just overall, I mean, he just didn't look good today. So I, I'm tired of Lloyd Cushenberry, man. I mean, I did say that. I hope I was wrong on my uh, prediction of Alex Forsyth going to take his job at this point. I'm not saying he's going to get to that point. I'm just saying it was a w- one bad week, and I, I'm hopeful he doesn't stack it up, stack them up. But he d- he was not good this game. Uh, I even texted in our group chat, Coach Barry's not having a great game at all. I was expecting more from him, especially after the training camp he had. 
and the preseason he had, but I am a bit worried uh, on that uh, interior offensive line, just mainly on Lord Cushenberry. Yeah, I mean, they had uh, Luke Weinberg active today, and Alex Forsyth was yeah. inactive. I that, mean, that's something to see, too. Yeah, I, they made it kind of obvious with today's inactives that a lot of the guys that have lack of experience, that those are the inactives, and the guys that do have experience were the ones that were active today. That's why Tremont Smith and Moreau were active over Mc, McMillan, which I, I just disagree with. They're, they had better offseasons. Yeah. You should got you should give it to the guys that performed better, but it doesn't make much sense to me. But is there any other uh, negatives that you guys want to get off your uh, your shoulders before we go ahead and cap this one off? Um, just I don't want to say it's a negative, but I just think this has to be different. You got to hold players accountable. I just think you do. I think um, Vance Joseph, too, on the defensive side, um, you got to hold players accountable. I hope they do. Just you can't have that. Like, I just think you can't have that. You have to be ready just in case a guy does have a bad game. I mean, you see coaches do it all the time. You got to hold your players accountable at some point. Um, but another negative I want to say, I don't know if you guys really pay too much attention to it or just some some of the defensive play calling to me was very questionable. Mm-hmm. Very questionable. I don't know if you guys thought this is, think the same thing. I just think that I've been saying this since last season. I think this is a defense that needs to be primarily in man coverage, especially with the talent, with the talent I thought we had in the DB room. But even just in today, I feel like man coverage on certain situations should have been there on the third and longs, especially. I mean, running zone, like they're just running easy. They're running dagger. Devontae's coming across the middle. No one is there to cover him. You just see that a lot. I, I just think it needs to be more man. And then like the weak blitzes Vance Joseph drew up today. I think at, like at the end of the game, the third and seven, that was one of the weakest blitzes I've ever seen drawn up by any defensive coordinator. I mean, no, it was absolutely no pressure. Jimmy G just made one move. Jewel, Jewel tried to run back inside, opened up a complete gap, and just, I don't know, man. I don't know if Drew Sanders needs to be in there on some of those blitzes or what, but, I mean, it, the play calling, it just didn't look – that's one thing I did. I, I knew I was going to miss it by Everett was the play calling. And – Last thing I'm going to say, I'll let you go, Jordan. Do you guys remember, like, our Vance Joseph coach teams and one of the biggest issues we had? Tackling. And you saw that right today with the defense. Tackling yeah. was a huge problem. And that wasn't there last year. Respectfully, it was not. We were – in the run game, we were okay, but it was just easy, like, plays where guys were just missing tackles, going Justin for the Simmons. knees. Going for the knees. Like, I'm like, what do you got – Jacobs on the sideline, push him out of bounds. Like, what are you? Why are you going for the lower body? I, I honestly just, I don't get it whatsoever. And that's one of the things that scared me when we brought back Vance Joseph was the play calling and just little stuff like that. Like, guys should be disciplined when it comes to tackling. Like, I don't. That's just me. I would say to the Drew Sanders point that you made, there was no Drew Sanders package that I saw yeah. today. Uh, at least from what I saw, I don't know if you guys saw anything, but no. I was expecting to see Drew Sanders a bit more out there. I mean, I think he could have helped at least a bit in the passing game as well, just in that second. Level. Um, specifically, like on that one slam play that Jacoby Myers had, I think he was, uh, I think Demari Mathis was expecting inside help from Alex Singleton. It looked like Singleton was there late. So maybe having someone like Sanders out there who probably could read that easier and be there quicker. But, yeah, seeing Drew Sanders not out there was a bit odd to me. And, yeah, one thing I do know, actually, with Champagne, and you talk about accountability, I think he's going to hold players accountable. And I do know for sure that he's going to hold his coaches accountable, especially Vance Joseph, because if there's anything that Bill Parcells taught Champagne, it's about coaching the coaches. 
and accountability. So I am not worried on that front, but I am worried on Vance Joseph's front. And if he continues to stack these days and games of just bad play calling, having both linebackers in the double A gap and then not sending them, always backing them off. I, I just didn't like yeah. it. I wish we had more of an aggressive approach, but we'll see how it goes as the season goes on. Yeah, I was right about to bring that up. Like to your point about linebackers, Vance Joseph has always been weird about how he uses linebackers, especially young linebackers. Even if you're like you have all the talent in the world, we saw it last year. We saw it with the Isaiah Simmons and Vance Joseph in Denver. Yep. Like the usage was very, very weird. Um, he was he came in, you know, his rookie year in Arizona and was like not getting uh, much playing time. But then when he did, like they weren't utilizing him to his strengths. And we're I don't I really hope this is not the same case of Drew Sanders because Drew Sanders has the potential ability to be like an All Pro someday. I I have that much utmost confidence for him, and um, I I just really hope we uh, use him, you know, to his his strengths and just don't like underutilize him in, you know in terms of snap count like literally just that i would i would hope he gets more snaps uh, next week um against the commanders but um we'll we'll see how that goes there there was a little bit you know questionable play con today but overall i was like I wasn't too mad about it, you know, too mad by it personally. Um I feel like guys uh could have executed better in some areas. Um like I said I I I I guess I'm just lower on him than most of you guys in Broncos country, but I thought Kareem Jackson did, uh, wasn't too great whatsoever in the secondary today. Um, then Damari Mathis certainly didn't help out with that at all either. So um, there's a lot of, you know, a lack of execution going on as well. Uh, but yeah, you, to your guys' points, um, Vance Joseph, um, there, are, there are things to, you know, go back to the drawing board and uh, improve for this week two game. But um, I believe that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Help us get to our next milestone of 2K subscribers. Also, make sure you guys leave a comment below. Let us know what you guys thought about the game. Um, let us know uh, what you guys, uh, if you guys agree with anything, if you guys disagree with anything. And make sure you guys, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit, uh, hit the follow button, leave the five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. But with that being said, um, we got plenty more episodes coming up this uh, upcoming week. Um, this week we had five episodes, so I hope you guys appreciated all the content that we uh, had out for you guys. We're going to have another uh, live stream sometime next week, more episodes previewing the Commanders game next week, and just plenty, uh, you know, football officially back we have a lot to talk about so um, i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode uh with that thing, with that being said i'm your host amir with my co-host j mac and jordan to the next episode peace out everybody peace.